I hope it's what the Lord says. If I get, don't give you my opinion, if I tell you what the Word says, one, I can't forget it. Two, I can't go wrong. I have some understanding with it. But someone asked me a question a couple years ago, and I worked on this, and I thought that it's just too fresh, and everybody's too passionate about everything going on in our nation erroneously. They're, everybody's too carnal. Everybody's too caught up in the flesh. And we've got to wait till this wound heals over and scabs up some, and then maybe we can learn the lesson. And we can apply what God teaches us from his word. My pastor, whenever he puts out sermon notes every week, it begins, he was an English major, proposition. Here's the intent of what I'm trying to teach you. Then he has the body of the message. And at the end, he'll have a little, in all bold letters, application. Here's how we apply, apply the, what we're trying to learn. Okay, I'm going to put it in shoe leather. Everybody likes shoe leather. Is that better than application? I want us to learn this. Paul refused to circumcise Titus. He gives the why. Uh, Paul circumcised Timothy, and he gives the why. This has to do with circumcision. There are books wrote about this, books upon books upon books, to where there's no end, the Scripture says, uh, on everything, but this too. Why? 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 We need to learn something. Why? You know, it tells us plainly, it says because. It does. If we just breathe in, breathe out, and read another half a sentence, God might teach us something and ask him to teach us something. Well, what was going on? Here in Acts 15, it says in Acts 15, verse 1, Paul and Barnabas was there preaching and teaching, and certain men, Acts 15, 1, certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren. That's our first problem. You see it already starting off on a bad foot. They were down there. They were there to teach because they know something. Well, you weren't sent a God there to teach. Paul and Barnabas were, weren't they? Won't you listen to them? There certain men who came down from Judea, taught the brethren, except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. What's that got to do with? Saving. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them. They laid it out as plain as they could. And you know what they had to teach them? Uh, Moses. They had Genesis 17, 11. Circumcision. Lord, so I'm going to give you circumcision. And this is a, the word is token. It's just a picture. I'm going to circumcise the hearts of my people. And then what else do they have? Miracles. What more? We, we have, obviously God sent us and we're telling you what God says from his word. Will that suit you? It doesn't most. It doesn't most. They determined that Paul and Barnabas, verse 2, and certain of the others should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and the elders about this question. We don't believe you, Paul. We don't believe you, Barnabas. Now you go up there to Jerusalem to the grown-ups. And you ask them, you know I've lived through this? I had a pastor call me one time. He said, I was instructed to get on to you and correct you because I'm older and I've been doing this longer. And we had a good laugh and moved on. <laughs> did you say what the Word says? I said, here's what the Word says. I said, well, what did you do for lunch today? <laughs> How's that new car working? Is the tires wearing okay? Just laughed about it and moved on. There's some, I, I got to learn that too. I, we'll look at... Joseph weeping on the neck of his father here soon. Our Lord weeps. He's a God of emotion. His word says so. He laughs. He cries. He's pleased. He delights in things. 
It says that, doesn't it? And then our Lord used those little kids down at the market. He said, we've popped unto you and you've not danced. I've gave you this good news and nobody's danced a jig. We've mourned unto you. I've cried and said, this is me. And you've not lamented. This is just a theatrical performance. Paul and Barnabas did the best they could. They taught them what they knew. Didn't work. So they went on up to Jerusalem, verse 3. And being brought on their way, how, did they go, how are they going to swing getting up there? Because they preached full time. By the church, they paid their way. They passed through Phoenice and Samaria, declaring the, con the conversion of the Gentiles. And they caused great joy unto all the brethren. They preached the whole way up through there. God saved sinners. And that made people happy. God saved Gentile dogs. And that made Gentile dogs happy. And that made the, the, the ones that were born in the nation of Israel happy too that God saved. Verse 4, Acts 15, verse 4. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and the elders, and they declared all the things that God had done with them. Joy. They rejoiced. I've had this happen too. I go to a conference or something, and I meet up with them other preachers, and we just sit down and tell what, you know what the Lord did for us getting out here? and Just happy. Did they lead off? Here's the problems. No. We've got a lot to be thankful for. It's a week of Thanksgiving coming up, isn't it? We thankful or disgruntled? I ought to be thankful. But the, the, the wolves won't let it go. Verse 5. But there rose up certain sect of the Pharisees which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Oh, yeah. I forgot. That's why we was up here. We got so happy. We forgot why we was here. Peter stands up there for a few verses and lays it out plainly. He said, we're all sinners saved by God's purpose, by his grace and his son. And he says, now I need to get back to preaching. Verse 10. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples and neither our fathers were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Here's a Jew standing there saying, I'm going to be saved just like them Gentiles in Christ. Has anything changed the Old Testament to the New? Has the church age differed, varied at all? The message ain't changed, has it? Paul and Barnabas, they stand up, tell all the wonderful things that took place, and all the brethren rejoicing, and they tell about the miracles that performed. And it says in verse 22 that the whole church, the elders, the apostles, and the whole church, it pleased them to send these men out again to preach. They didn't say, well, you're on, you're on warning. We need to watch you for a couple weeks, and you're going to have to write a couple of letters about it. And they said, no, they're fine. They know the gospel. Let them go preach it. We'll send a letter. That way time doesn't have to be wasted again with them coming up here. Asked and answered. <laughs> it's already, well, what about, I think a man has to be circumcised. Yeah, we'd already went through that. I'm going to get back to preaching. If you don't like it, you walk, walk up to Jerusalem on your own dime. We need to get back to preaching. We need to get back to to teaching. Turn over Galatians 2. Yeah, we're getting ready to get there to where Paul meets Timothy, but here in Galatians 2, this is where he dealt with Titus. Paul had took Titus up to Jerusalem with Barnabas well before he wrote this letter to Galatia. And they bumped into some folks there too. This is all works and grace. Do you understand that? 
You can substitute circumcision with – you can apply, use this application to anything. Well, you have to be or you can't be or you have to do this day or you can't you can't do that day. You can't let them kids dress up. This is a broad spectrum. Apply it to anything, okay? Here's, here's Titus. Galatians 2, verse 3. But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. Why wasn't Titus circumcised? And that because of false brethren unawares brought in who came in privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. You can look up Webster's Dictionary when you get home. This is the thing I got to teach Don one time. Don called me and said, hey, do you know, another fellow told me you know what this means because you spend a lot of time in the Middle East. I said, I do. He said, what's it mean? I said, is this what you feel like all the time when I ask you questions? <laughs> he got mad. I said, get to it. <laughs> they went to the privy and they spied them out. See if they're circumcised or not. They're in the privy. And then they said, that one isn't circumcised. Titus ain't. We're going to put them in bondage. Because we put them in bondage, we're the ones binding people. We're in charge. We're the boss. We're self-righteous. They saw their liberty. And then they commented on it, didn't they? Verse 5. To whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour. I wouldn't waste five minutes arguing with somebody. The answer is no. Next. Why? Why wasn't Titus circumcised? Why didn't Paul allow Titus to be circumcised? That. Here's the reason. To whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Why wasn't Titus circumcised? This was a gospel issue. Get it, get it, if we can get it in our hearts, we'll have it in our heads. This was because of the gospel. That was it. It was, we were fine. You came in and saw some things. Now you're putting bondage on the Lord's people. No, we are, we're not going to do that for the gospel's sake. Titus was not circumcised because of the gospel's sake. For an example, that, that caving in to these Pharisees and these self-righteous people, it was not right. It won't be tolerated. We ain't doing it. Why? For the gospel's sake. I want us to learn something, but we can't learn something unless we have the foundation. So here's the question. What's the gospel? We're going to fight over something. We might, we're going to fight for something. You better be know what you're fighting for, right? First, you can leave a marker in Galatians if you want to, but 1 Corinthians uh, 15. 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you. Paul preached the gospel, didn't he? Did he preach the gospel? 96% of the time? No, every time. <laughs> every time. Lord saved him. Took him to Asia. Taught him for two years. Brought him back. And he preached the gospel. Preached the gospel. Which also you have received. And wherein ye stand. You believe that God made you receive it. And you stand in that totally. By which also you're saved. If you keep in memory that which I preached unto you. Unless you believed in vain. For... Because I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. I just preached to you what was preached to me. I just teach you what God taught me. I have to experience it for me to tell you about it. 
How that? How that? Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. How's that? His determinate counsel and foreknowledge, his power, his purpose, it pleased him. That's how. Christ did that. He died for our sins according to the scriptures. He, he gave us the scriptures and he fulfilled all the scriptures in him coming and doing this. How's it done? We let it. We determined that this was accurate. We've de I've decided that this was right. Ha! How that? Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and he was buried. That, that human body that was made for him, that he, he, he was a fully a man. That, that body of a man died, and he went into the grave, as the scriptures said he would, where he'd be, because I'm a man. It's required of me to die. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and he was buried, and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. That Death has no bounds on him. He's conquered the grave. He's conquered sin. He's conquered death. Conquered hell. He satisfied the Father. For me. <laughs> he didn't die for my slight misunderstanding of the doctrines of grace. He died for my sin. That's what I am. And that he was seen of Cephas and then of twelve and then of Paul and then of us. <laughs> he did all this and then he reveals himself to us. The Holy Ghost comes and abounds towards us through the preaching of the gospel and nothing else and, and, and makes life where there was no life. We didn't deserve any of it. He did it all, and it was magnificent. What's a gospel? Mankind's wrote it down 17 different ways, but you have to know him to understand it. It's not memorizing the, the tulip, though that's true. That's just bites of the elephant we can chew. It's not just the three R's. We're ruined by the fall. We're redeemed by the blood. And then we're regenerated. We've got a new life. It wasn't life there. It's going to do something <laughs> by the Holy Spirit. The two S's. Substitution, salvation, or satisfaction. He was our substitute. I couldn't do it. He was in my place. And the Father's satisfied for eternity. And ain't nothing I can add to it, take away from it, and I can't mess it up. That's good news. Because of that, Titus will not be circumcised. You ain't putting us underneath the bondage. I'll take you out in the parking lot. It ain't happening. I need to rebuke people sharply whenever they put conditions on, on brethren. I won't have it. You stop talking that garbage and quit it and you look to Christ. Stop looking to yourself. Stop looking to your experiences and you look to him. Look to his word. That's what says it right there. I do that. Is that worth defending? Is that worth taking a strong stand over? Turn over to Galatians 5. Back to Galatians 5. We remember in Galatians 2, whenever Peter came up to Antioch, Paul stood him to the face. He says that when I saw that they walked not uprightly, oh, they were doing something wrong, according to the truth of the gospel. Paul get, or, uh, uh, Peter getting up and going and eating with those Jews and putting down his pulled pork sandwich, he was saying that what they were doing was more important than the liberty that Christ had already given them, and he was adjusting himself. And that brought reproach on the gospel, and it was according to the gospel. And Paul went and withstood him to the face right in front of everybody. He said, you knock it off. I don't want to embarrass folks, but you're, these children are watching you. These Gentiles, they're following. Barnabas went over there with you. What are you doing? 
You're dragging everybody down with you. Now quit it. Is this important? Is this worth fighting for? Galatians 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised or you be fill in the blank, you, you pick it, sanctified or uh, uh, holified or you put quit doing days and you started doing this and all that stuff, and that, whatever you're doing profited you a little bit. I mean, just a skosh. If, if what you're doing profits you, then Christ shall profit you nothing. If you got a hand in it, and I mean a, a piece of leaven, that's what it is, it leaveneth a whole lump, Christ will profit you nothing. I decided, and I found the right place, and I came to the doctrines of grace, and I did this, and I found that. Christ will profit you nothing. He has to crush me. God's people repent because they know what they are. And he, he showed me what I was, and he gave me a heart of repentance, and he turned me to him because he saved me because he'd already died for me and was rose for me. <laughs> and then he told me about it. <laughs> Verse 3, For I testify again to every man that is circumcised, if he's a debtor, to the dude, keep the whole law. If you keep one part, you got to keep it all. That's the rules, buddy. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever you are justified by the law, you're fallen from grace. You think there's something that, that's making God be conditioned to show you favor or merit in something you've done, you've fallen from grace. That's why I started. I'm going to speak plainly as I can. I ain't here to preach to this thing. To that, I'm here to preach to you. That's why I came here preaching Galatians from the get-go. That's why I came here preaching 1 John from the get-go. <laughs> Are these things worth splitting hairs over? That's why this whole book's written. It's eternal death and life. Very important. Verse 5, For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. We believe on him. We and Cameron are driving a car that day. That's what this whole thing's wrapped up in. Love. Love does something. Love weeps. Love rejoices. Love's happy. Love's sad. Love has compassion towards another, doesn't it? There's an emotional reaction to those things. That, the, the emotional reaction does not make the love. The love produces the emotional reaction. Paul had a heart for people. You know, that, that mountain genius said one time, old Scott Rich, he said, we're in the people business. I'm in the preaching business to, to declare the, the gospel to folks, but that's to somebody. That's to people. <laughs> we have a heart for people. Isaac said that, didn't he? He said, Dad, we got the wood. We got the hay and the stubble, and we got fire. That's what everybody has. Boy, they had some fiery preaching. They had some fiery preaching, didn't they? They had a lot of facts. That's wood, it's hay, it's stubble, and it's fire. That's what this whole world has. What's the important thing? Oh, I felt good and emotional when I come out of there. What's important? Where's the lamb? I see the wood, I see the hay, I see the stubble, I see the fire. You do too. A kid did. A teenager could tell you that's all it was. Where's the lamb? That's what's important. That's the only thing God, God wants to see. <laughs> And that's just going to burn. Need lamb, don't we? Mm. 
Even if they're fiery, it doesn't matter. They need to land. Turn over to 1 Corinthians 9. I have a good illustration. <clears throat> we do all these things. I have a heart for people. It's for the gospel's sake. And, and it takes a lot of wisdom and discernment. It, it takes a lot of really understanding the gospel to stand up for the gospel. You got to know what you're standing up for, but know how to. And the best illustration I saw was, was when Brother Henry came out here preaching in California. And there's a big controversy going on in that time. And they said, what do you think about this? They said, do you think the Lord's coming? And you know what his wise, mature, I've been preaching for 50 years response was? I hope he is. Wouldn't that be nice if he came? You know what wisdom that is? Was that a point I could have fought him on and won? <laughs> My own head anyway. Yeah. Get that. Don't worry about that stomach stone. I'm here to preach. I'm here to preach. Could we fight over these particulars? We could, but I'm here to preach. That's wise, isn't it? Look here, that's what Paul did. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 17. Well, in verse 16. He says, Necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. What is my, is my reward then? Verily, that I, when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. For though I be free from all men, Yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. What's he talking about? And unto the Jews I became a Jew that I might gain the Jews. And unto them that are under the law as under the law that I might gain them that are under the law. And to them that are without the law as without the law. Not being without law to God but under the law to Christ. This is for the gospel's sake. That I might gain them which are without the law. To the weak I became as weak that I might gain the weak. Somebody called me and said, I'm just tore up and I'm so low. And I said, I know what it's like. I get it. I'm not that morning. I'm fine. I woke up, sunshine, it's really pretty outside. I'm rejoicing. I can enter into that weakness. I know. I know. Because the next morning they might be real happy and I might be the one wicked. And they'll say, I know. They'll set back to me, won't they? Come all things to all people. Weak as unto weak, that I might gain the weak, and I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. I might be used, that's what he's saying. And I do this for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. God made me a preacher, and I want to bend over backwards and kiss my heels on absolutely anything for the gospel's sake, for Christ's sake, and for my brethren's sake. We can take a stand on anything. What color is that carpet? Who cares? Long-standing debate between Ford and Chevy. <laughs> I have an opinion, but I'll keep it to myself. Doesn't matter. It's for the gospel's sake. For his word's sake, for his righteousness. Oh, that's what the proverb says. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. One, that, one that's soul winners are destroyed by modern religion, but one whose focus is that people be brought to God, be reconciled to God. That's a wise person. That's what's needful, isn't it? Not digging wells. Back to Acts 16. Acts 16, verse 1.
Then came he to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, a certain man. This is Timothy. We get two books in our New Testament written as letters to Timothy. Paul loved him. The son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess, and believed, but his father was a Greek. There's a whole lot we could comment on that. That's against the law. You ought not do it. Believers shouldn't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. But it was Timothy of a certain woman. And she was a Jew, but his father was a Greek, so he wasn't he wouldn't circumcised. And he was reported well, which was well reported by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. He come with a good report. God gifted this man to preach, and most of the time the people around him know it before that fellow does, not the other way around. Somebody came to Brother Spurgeon and said, the Holy Ghost led me to come tell you that I'm supposed to preach this weekend. And old Brother Spurgeon said, that's funny, he didn't tell me nothing about it. <laughs> Just you, huh? Normally, got, normally works the opposite of what we think, isn't it? But him would Paul have to go forth with him. Paul said, I'm going to go preaching and you're going to go with me. As a friend of mine told me one time, it's a pastor's intuition. He's got an idea. He can see all that wood, hay, and stubble, and he could see the lamb, and he could see those that the Lord's equipped to, for his service. And he took him. He took him. Does it say he, he gingerly invited him? Like, Timothy, this would be just fabulous if you were so inclined to come with me on said journey and talk to him a bunch of old English. No, he took him. What a picture that is. Timothy was drafted in this war. You're going to be a soldier. Come down and took him. Timothy would tell you the same thing. He got drafted. <laughs> I was sitting there minding my own business. The Lord came and took me. <laughs> Used Paul to do it. But he took him and he circumcised him. What? What? How, How could we ever discern why Paul did this? There are things written without end concerning this. How could we know for sure? Paul refused to have Titus circumcised. Paul had walked from all the way down there to all the way up here in Acts 15, and everybody agreed, and they carried letters with him. You don't have to be circumcised. Knock that junk off. And he saw Timothy. He said, the Lord's going to use you. If you want to come preach with me, I can just know it. Now come out back. I'm going to circumcise you. How could we know why he did that? You know, we're so dumb. Mankind, it's hard telling like what the IQ was of, of Adam <laughs> which sin just keeps making us dumber as time goes on look at the next word him would Paul have go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters because of who they're going to preach to for they knew all that his father was a Greek they knew he was a Greek they knew that going into it this was not a gospel issue. This took this happened beforehand, wasn't it? This was a stumbling stone issue. That's what that was. If they saw, they said, well, your daddy's a Greek and he's not circumcised. I ain't listening to him. Paul said, we'll get that out the way before you even go. And then whenever they spy you out privily, they won't have nothing to say and they may have to hear what you have to preach to them. Maybe they'll be concerned about Christ and him crucified according to the scriptures. But we'll get that out of the way now. How could Paul know that? <laughs> this was a stumbling stone that the man sent of God for that people, for that generation, he recognized it and he dealt with it. And he didn't care what other people had to say about it. Lois and Eunice might be like, what are you doing? Mind your own business. 
Don't matter what I'm doing. <laughs> Come on, Timothy. Timothy was teachable. If the Lord's going to teach somebody, he will make them teachable, not teachers. He'll make them teachable and they'll ask questions and not tell people what they know. He was teachable and he submitted to Paul. Somebody brought up having a podcast in this generation because that's what the media is going to. And I thought, who in the world, who's qualified to make that call as to, you know, the parameters of this and if this is a good idea or not? I know exactly who he is. <laughs> Lord sent us to this generation, didn't he? I grew up with it. I know some of the pitfalls. I know some of the pros and cons. Me and the other men that's preaching that's my age. It's us. It's on our plate. Next generation will be something else. That's our business. It's for the furtherance of the gospel. What won't bring reproach on the gospel? That's what we're given to dwell on. Timothy gave up his rights. And he submitted his body as a grown man. Conscious of what's going on without lidocaine and without any antiseptic. He submitted his body and trusted God's apostle because it was for Christ's sake and for his gospel's sake. That way people would hear him preach. For the brethren's sake. This is my body. This is my rights. That's what I've heard for years. Ain't you heard that? It's my rights. It's my body. No, it's not. You're bought with a price, Timothy. You're not your own. Now, to everybody else, that might be their body. That's your business. Don't go telling Timothy's to not do this. You shut, shut your mouth and listen to what Paul has to say. That's what that man, that generation has to say. There's a stumbling stone and Paul got it out the way. Timothy was glad to do so. That's what we read in Leviticus 19. Thou shalt not curse the deaf, nor put a stumbling block before the blind, but thou shalt fear God, I am the Lord. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's what we need to seek, isn't it? We're to clear the road to the city of refuge without bending the gospel, without compromising the gospel. But if anything else comes in the way, get that rock out the way and let them people go to the city of refuge. Tell them about the city of refuge. I thought about traveling and preaching. To keep sensitive people from being too offended, uh, I went with clothing. <laughs> what if I was going to go somewhere and, and, and I had to wear that local garb like in India they have a lot of different clothing than we have isn't it? a wardrobe's different than our robe, wardrobe and to me to stand up here in that wardrobe in this place would be very disrespectful in my heart to me to the gospel's sake I would not do that but there that's what those brethren consider a respectable garment that would show respect to the gospel and to the Lord so I'd put the garment on just put it on Preach. Or down in Mexico, they have them beautiful. I like them. Those beautiful white shirts with the four pockets. That's that's a respectful garment to wear. And that's our gospel is what we wear, isn't it? What we've been clothed in. And so to put on a jacket, what's that? To wear a tie, who cares? <laughs> to put on one of those real nice colorful robes, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's for the gospel's sake, isn't it? I thought a fellow's going to keep his job one time or not. He had a hard decision to make. Do I do this to keep my job? Well, if you're doing it to keep your job to get a new boat, I don't know. <laughs> but if I had to do something to keep a job because my heart was supporting the gospel, do it. Do it. That's where your heart is. Your heart's on things above. Can you see the application? Can you see the application of this? Forsaking ourselves. It doesn't got nothing to do with the gospel. 
Now, if somebody come down and said, you have to do this or you ain't going to be saved, we got a problem. We got a problem. But if that's not it, bend over backwards. Bend over. I put so much time and money, didn't we, and the permits to redo in that house in New Jersey after a tree fell through it. Some of that stuff was nonsense. I mean, dumb. I had to pay a permit to replace a water heater. I had never, it would never have crossed my mind to do that. That was just the craziest thing ever. It was expensive. But I did it. And I was, I was angry at home, but I wasn't angry in public. And that fella come down, he failed us and failed us and failed us. And it was more money and more money and more money. And I finally said, you just want money? I'll just give it to you. <laughs> oh, no, it's not that. We finally got ready, and y'all called us to come out here. We sold off everything we had. And that fellow was the one that had to do something with the permit to sell it. He come out, and do you remember what happened when we put that house up for sale? He said, oh, we hate to see y'all go. He said, you've been so easy to work with, and you make good neighbors in this little tiny town we're in. If I had fought that man tooth and toenail, and I said, would you consider coming to church with me Sunday? What do you think he'd have done? You think, oh, yeah. There's probably a whole, people down there, a whole mess of people down there that's going to fight me tooth and toenail too. I can't wait to go. Of course he wouldn't. <laughs> if I was long-suffering and I gave of myself and I was tender and I was understanding and I said, did you go to church with me on Sunday? What do you think is more likely to happen? Do you get the application? If my neighbors, if I'm just, if, if, if I'm, am I a joy to them? Or look at that, read that article about Donnie Bell wrote. My kids are going to grow up like me. What if everybody's just like me? Mine and me and withered hands and it's all right, Lord's on the throne. <laughs> no, I ain't bending for the gospel. No, you weren't saved underneath the false preaching. You was not. The scriptures say you wasn't. But other than that, bend over backwards and you can drive Fords or Chevys. It's up to you. I don't care. Makes no means. You may not have compassion for others to hear the gospel at all. And I understand that. But when God puts a new heart in you, that new heart that's his that he put in you, it'll have compassion at all your neighbors and all those people that despitefully curse you hear the gospel too. And you'll bend over backwards for them. That new man will. Paul said that he goes, I wish myself would have cursed from Christ for my brethren, for my kinsmen according to the flesh. He knew he couldn't be forsaken of God if God's died for him. But he's, I, I mean, at all costs, if somebody could hear the gospel, what would you give for your children and your loved ones to hear? I mean it. What would I give for my children to hear? You're sitting here. <laughs> I'll get y'all being mad at me for making you come to church. That's okay. I'll give that up. I know what the benefit may be if the Lord's pleased to save one of y'all. You can read all of Romans 14, but for time's sake. Paul said, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. He that's in these things serveth Christ. It's acceptable to God and approved of men. And he said, for meat, destroy not the work of God. It doesn't matter. You, you eat something, you don't eat You think that's going to undo what God did? That's ludicrous. You don't know God. You don't know what he did if you think it could. He said, it's neither good, neither eat flesh nor drink wine or anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. If, if your brother or sister can't have a glass of wine, they think that'll hurt them. Don't drink in front of them. That ain't that hard. He said, have your liberty to yourself. Whenever they're gone, go home and drink your glass of wine. It's fine. Have a bourbon. Smoke a cigar. Do what you want. If the Lord's gave you that liberty, but don't push that on others. I had a hard time learning that. Still need to learn it. Uh, 
We're free. Don't push it on them. Don't restrain them. Don't look down on them. God saved them if we agree on this gospel. If we agree on this gospel, don't we? Mm. Back in Acts 16. Here's the application of it. What, what, what would be the result of having that discernment if God's equipped a man to see the difference between the gospel's sake and for brethren's sake? Like, is this a gospel issue or not? What would be the outcome of following through with that? I'm, I'm interested in you. Verse 4. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained to the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. They went through those cities and they preached to them, didn't they? They told them all the good news again. And so were the churches established in faith and increased in number daily. <laughs> what could be the best thing that would happen if we could take our rights and our privileges and put them out the way and get those stumbling blocks out the way where the only thing that people had to handle and make a call on was Christ and him crucified? The Lord might add to his church daily. Are we going to be grumpy when we do that? No, it's like back in Acts 2, we're rejoicing, and that's how the Lord's going to add this church daily. Because it? it's good news. This is good news. I pray it is to you. Let's pray together. Father, be with us. Teach us, teach us these things, Lord. Apply this understanding to our hearts and, and make us wise. Give us wisdom. Christ is our wisdom, and give us, give us Him and knowledge of Him and in situations with our families coming up this week, Lord. Make us malleable. Make us bendable, flexible on anything but the gospel. Don't allow us to pick bones and pick fights with things that don't matter. Keep Christ in the forefront of our minds. Forgive us for our unbelief. It's so rampant in our wondering. Make us good examples in this community you've sent us to, Lord. Make us faithful servants. Be with our brethren everywhere. Be with those that labor to preach this word. Lord, give, give them a mouth to speak it and give those that hear them ears to hear and hearts to believe. We would that all men be saved. Thank you for this, Lord. Bless it to the hearts of your people. It's because of Christ, because of his intercession, we ask it. Amen. I was convinced that wouldn't take no more than 15 minutes. We'll take about a 10-minute break, meet back about 10.35, and uh, you're dismissed. <laughs>